It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And so, I'm so hyped right now. Anything's possible. Oh, my mama. Oh, my mama made it, man. Anything's possible. Rainy days. Jump shot fade away. This the best Celtics podcast day to day. I get excited about it every night about it. A real C's fan wouldn't want to live their life without it. Banner 18 in the making, we gotta make it. Best squad in the East and still we can't get complacent. Most winning franchise, so the history's ancient. You can tell the mother guys are going plan a vacation. Yeah, Corrales, Packard, and J. King Locked on, trying to get the 18th ring The most in-depth coverage that you ever gonna hear Well-respected in a city like Russell's career It's raining Jays Welcome back This is the Locked On Celtics Podcast Here on the Locked On Podcast Network Coming to you from Las Vegas, Nevada Where the Celtics have won two Count them, two Summer League basketball games and we are here to talk about it i am john corrales of the rain and jays covering the team for masslive.com joined by another guy who covers the team for masslive.com it's my buddy and partner on the beat tom westerholm what is up it's uh uh me barely (laughs) but we're gonna power through this and then by the end get a second wind and whatever see what vegas has in store Uh, i slept 11 hours last night so Yeah, I counted it up because, well, we like when you get to Las Vegas, obviously you're jet lagged. And then we got here three straight days, late games, going out at night. Then last night, like just passed out at eight o'clock, woke up at seven. (laughs) Like, so I am full of energy, ready to talk some Celtics. Yeah. And then ready to go out afterwards. So let's get it. Uh, Yeah, let's do it. So Vegas can take my money. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, So, okay. Let's, let's just, you know, we're going to, there's, I don't want. There's nothing else to talk about outside of summer league. These guys are out here. Um, it's one of those things that feels like it should be boring because it's it's been the same thing all along. Like there's nothing that has emerged other than maybe Taco Fall, but it's not boring. It's exciting because I think it's because fans have desperately missed having something fun and good. And I don't know exactly how NBA good these guys are going to be, but right now, these guys are good. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. And it's, you know, what's funny about that too is that it's not like any of this is really a surprise in terms of the prospects. Like, if if you asked me before Summer League, all right, do you think that Grant Williams is going to come out and be a winning plays type of player who defends really well and can do a lot of different things for his position and you know stonewalls a guy in the paint when he's like way bigger than him but then switches onto a perimeter guy and defends him pretty well i'd be mm-hmm. like yeah no that sounds like grant williams like that's everything that we thought he would do if you said you know carson edwards is gonna come out and he's just gonna be jacking up shots but man he makes a lot of them and he can also get to the rim and he can you know get to the free throw line i guess the defense would be a like not that i'm surprised that he's a decent defender because he was pretty good in college too but like you know, that's a little bit of a surprise that it's translating this well, mm-hmm. given his height. But, you know, other than that, like, and, and you know, Tremont Waters, you know, dominated a, a Celtics workout right before they drafted him. So that shouldn't sure. be a huge surprise either. Sure. I mean, these guys, they're not, they're not surprising us. They're just 
good. They're just like good <laughs> players. Like right. all the things that the Celtics saw in them before the draft are actually, you know, kind of what they're showing. And, you know, that's I, I think that's part of what's made this so fun to watch. Yeah, it's it's nice. They're they are meeting expectations. Yeah. And so many times a lot of the things you see in college, it's tough for it to translate at the the next level, which, you know, this is kind of easing into the next level. These guys are all like all of the scouting reports are holding at least for summer league. And all of the summer league caveats apply. These they're playing shitty players. They're, you know, it's a bunch of guys who don't know well, what they're Well, I doing. mean, sure, but uh, but Carson Edwards was being guarded by Matisse Thybul, who sure. was the college and you know NCAA right. Defensive Player of the Year. Like, there, there's you know it's not the NBA certainly, right. but it you know like they're they're facing some some real guys. Right, they are, they are. Yeah. Um, but I know you wrote the thing about no, go ahead, get overly. You know, <laughs> but well, that was that was for fans. That was not for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If, you're, course, if you're a fan, I think overreact, have fun. Right. If you're us, we actually have to analyze. This no, company. right, 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 right. But you know what though, it, it was fun. Like you, you, in this game that we saw, we just watched them play the Cleveland Cavaliers, and in, actually in both games, the the fun part about it, they're moving, they're active. They're defending. The basketball's good. The, you know, like they're doing the things. And maybe, sometimes they make mistakes, which is expected at this level. But they are, they're hustling. They're working their asses off, diving for loose balls. Like, I mean, sometimes it's hilarious, but like they're at least trying and giving that effort. And I really do believe that everything that's happening right now is a direct response to the season that we just had where effort seemed to be an issue that people did not seem to be happy that fans as we saw just from people not reading some of the things that we were writing because fans were like you know what just call me in a couple of months when this is over (laughs) like now as soon as it was over like okay now what and people are just eating it up they love what they're seeing now and it's almost like they don't care they don't care that, okay, Carson Edwards is doing this, like uh, Tremont Waters is doing this stuff. They don't care that Tremont Waters is going to probably spend his rookie season in Maine. Yep. They just, right now, he's doing this stuff. It's He looks crafty. He's defending his ass off. And it's just fun. It's just fun to watch. They're, they're playing so hard. Like, yeah. it was funny that on, there were two consecutive plays um, where Robert Williams dove like hit the floor hard yeah. going for loose balls i'm like rob is gonna be on the team next year like he's gonna you know he's gonna have a chance to have real minutes he's you know that their their big rotation is real questionable and he's got a chance to actually earn minutes and he's you know he's not out there like hopefully i don't get hurt at summer league he's right. not like you know i'm too good for summer league or anything like that dude's hitting the floor you know scrapping out these loose balls making nice passes like it's you know yeah. but like they're they're all playing. I think the yeah, like you said, they're playing an unselfish brand of basketball where they're trying really hard, and you know that is, and, and, and honestly, I mean, let's give credit where it's due. Scott Morrison is coaching this team really well. Like yeah. he's got these guys executing, which is <laughs> right, kind of right. like it's it's summer league. But I think that's what happens when you have you know four rookies who were all drafted. Like you had four draft picks. These aren't just guys that you like picked off the scrap heap to fill out a sure. roster. Sure. A bunch of these guys were guys that you're actually targeting and, you know, 
actually have a plan for. Even Taco Fall is on a, you know an Exhibit Ten contract. Like he's he's a guy that they're that they're thinking about that they're interested in. So I think that matters. You know, obviously it doesn't matter for like the regular season, but it matters for the quality of basketball that we're watching. Where these you know these are actual NBA players. These yeah. are guys who you know will probably you know. I mean, worst case scenario, they will have a couple of nice long cups of coffee in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And those are guys who generally do really well at Summer League. So I think that's kind of contributing to to why this is fun. It is. It, it really is. I like the point that you brought up about Scott Morrison. He Wasn't he a G League Coach of the Year? Uh, I believe that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, he's a guy that has had success as a head coach. He's had a success at running, especially because he was in the G League it's it's very similar to a lot of the summer league stuff. You don't know who's who's going to be in your team. You know, guys come up, guys go. They they get called up. They whatever. Um, to have uh, to have a guy like that, kind of pushing your team, the familiarity with the um, with that kind of uh, atmosphere. It, I think it helps because you want to get the most out of these guys. You want to see what they are at their best. And it's hard. Like one of the things about summer league is half of these guys on this team aren't—they're not even going to be Celtics. Like, right? There's more than half of these guys, right? Like you're going to have the four rookies, uh, and we haven't seen Romeo Langford, but obviously they're going to be Celtics um, to some capacity. Taco Fall is a big question mark. As as fun as he's been. Who knows what they're going to have to? We talked about it yesterday. Maybe they cut Yabu and they figure something out. But like they're they're going to have to make some sort of move like that to even include Taco. Uh, everyone else is is gone, which means that everyone else is playing for some other motivation. Like every and they all know that they're not going to be here. Like Chinanu Onwaku knows he's not going to be a Boston Celtic. So he's out there trying to show that he belongs with somebody, which means he has to prove, like he has to do something that's noticeable, not just set good picks. Yeah. Even though I know that there are scouts everywhere that are going to be looking for stuff like that, but he has to like stand out somehow. And that kind of flies in the face of what the rest of the team goals are. Onwaku's underhanded free throw form definitely stands out. That definitely <laughs> stands out. It was funny to hear like the the ooze from the crowd that the, they didn't know that that was coming. They're like, oh, oh my God, what was that? Yeah. The granny free throws. <laughs> but hey, whatever, man. If that's effective, if it worked for uh, Rick Barry, it's going to work. He can work for anybody. It is funny that there's two guys at Summer League doing that with uh, Onwaku and uh, also Rick Barry's son. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. One, so. one quick thing I wanted to say. I, I don't know how much you guys covered this, um, but I, I do want to say about Taco versus Yabu. I, one thing I think will be interesting is I think the Celtics might have to consider um, Taco just because, like, you can, like, somebody like Yabu, like, Grant Williams can do all of the things that you hope that Yabu would eventually be able to do. Like he can hit threes. Now he can handle the ball. Now he can rebound. Yeah. Now he can defend as a small ball five. Now taco just does. I mean, just purely by and And he's not just a, a giant human. Like he, he's got like a little something there. And just the fact that he is, he gives you something unique that you wouldn't have. Otherwise, I think they're going to have to at least, I don't know for sure whether I, I don't know whether they're going to decide that or not. The easy answer would be just, 
keep Yabu around, you know, the, the $3 million aggregated salary that, you, that you've brought up before. But yeah. just on the basketball court, Taco brings you something that you don't otherwise have, whereas I don't know that Yabu does at this point. And if I were the Celtics, I would have to give that at least a little bit of thought. Why don't we take a break? We're going to pick this back up when we come back because it's an interesting conversation to have. Uh, take a break. We'll be right back on the Locked On Celtics podcast. NFL teams making bold final moves before the start of the season. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. The Tennessee Titans have announced a one-year deal with linebacker Jadavion Clowney, reportedly worth $15 million. Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans tells you if it's going to be enough to get Tennessee back to the AFC title game. In other moves around the league, the Miami Dolphins named Ryan Fitzpatrick starting quarterback, which means Tua will be back up for the time being. And the Detroit Lions have agreed to a one-year deal with running back Adrian Peterson. Peterson was released by the Washington football team last Friday. For more NFL news and analysis, subscribe to the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show and listen to a brand new lineup on Locked On NFL. They'll have division previews every day this week. Local experts on the biggest stories. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're up to date on your favorite team, but what about the competition? Hollinger and Nate Duncan are evaluating every bubble contender on Hollinger and Duncan. Rejecting the screen goes behind the scenes with in-depth interviews and the Locked On NBA podcast is recapping games daily. Let the Locked On NBA network of podcasts take care of your NBA bubble scouting reports. Hollinger and Duncan rejecting the screen, the Locked On NBA podcast. Subscribe to the best trio of NBA podcasts on the planet wherever you get your podcasts. So let's pick up this taco conversation because I'm not, I'm not 100% sold on what he's going to be in the NBA. And... Obviously, you brought it up. Uh, I've been mentioning, I said on the podcast yesterday, we've talked about it personally. Having Yabu around, okay, I remember turning to, was it, I don't know if it was you or B-Rob or somebody. I, said, I, I just don't know if this guy's an NBA player. So, but what's more valuable? Having a guy like that on a... This is the last year, last guaranteed year of his contract, which they guaranteed. They didn't have to, but they did. Having the la- an expiring $3 million or so that you can throw into a trade without worrying about what you're giving up or taking a chance on a guy like Taco Fall. What's the absolute best that Taco Fall can be? It's a good question. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a tough question to, to answer it, you know, after of course. two games of summer league. From what we've seen, to me, he is like a backup big man who gives you 10, 15 minutes a game. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can use him in like just kind of some intriguing ways. Like he moves a little bit better than I expected, for one thing. I mean, obviously, you know, I, 
I watch a lot of college basketball, a lot of prospects. Sure. Didn't watch a ton of UCF, if we're being 100% <laughs> honest. Um, but, you know, he... Like he he honestly does kind of get up and down the court a lot better than I expected to see. Um, you know he get he, he hustles in transition. You know he um, actually sets halfway decent screens, and even when he doesn't, he's so big that the guy still has to maneuver around. Sure, him. sure, yeah. Um, and just in terms of in terms of his offense, like you know Tremont Waters was talking about it today. Like you you just throw the ball in the air and he will yeah. catch it. And it's not, you know, he's not going to go up and catch it like, like a you know super freak athlete, obviously, but it's just the fact that like, right. He doesn't even like, he doesn't even need to jump. He just needs to stick his hand up in the air and it's higher than a lot of guys can probably even like touch on a backboard. Sure. So like, you know, that to me is like, I, I think that's probably pretty valuable. Like, sure. it, you know, certainly not going to be like a star, certainly not going to probably ever be like a starter in the NBA, but like, you know, if he gives you like, even if he gives you like ten reliable minutes as a backup big man off the bench, mm-hmm. and and that's probably like his ceiling, but it's it's not an unreasonable ceiling. Seems like that's probably more than Yabu is going to give you next year. Sure, I mean basketball wise, absolutely. Yeah. Um. So let me let me ask you this question. Who? No, let me let me start over. Will he be better or worse? Than Boban as a player. It seems like he's a little more mobile than Boban, right? Uh, eh, I mean, I know they're comparable, but like, it seems like he's a little bit more mobile. Okay, to me, maybe. All right, maybe. Okay, I'll grant. But obviously, I'll grant. Granting that, he obviously will not like even space the floor to the free throw line the way Boban can. Like he he hits that mid range jumper. He's got that right. He's got that down. So it's a good question. Um. You know, he's it seems like I mean, he's got this weird little post up game where he like he, it's funny because like he hooks the guy and then yeah. he undoes the hook and then he makes his move. Right. I, like, I, I don't know what that's all about, like why he puts his arm around the guy and then takes it out and then goes and does his move. Um, yeah, I don't know that that I mean, that's that's a very fair question, because obviously that's I mean, Boban's probably like ceiling for him, right? Probably. Yeah, I think that's my point. So and Boban is somewhat useful. Sure. <laughs> okay? Yeah, yeah. Like, but are you... Now, let me let me shift back over to Yabu. Forget about what he does on the floor. He makes $3.1 million. Is the potential for keeping a guy for this year that makes the $3.1 million, that you can throw in a trade... That allows you to keep maybe another guy. Like a Rob, for example. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So if you want to really delve into what Robert Williams can be, because Robert Williams' ceiling is higher than Taco Fall's ceiling. Certainly. I'm not 100% sold that Robert Williams is going to reach that ceiling, but you want to give him that time. I've said that I consider this year like a second rookie season for him. Now... I think it's as much as Taco has a unique skill set and it's fun and he will do things that other people just can't do by virtue of being seven foot seven in his sneakers. I still think that having that three million dollars around that you can throw like you can you can combine Tice, Cantor, and and Yabu. 
and have eight, nine, twelve million dollars. So you get yourself a decent mid-range player. You keep the French kid Poirier. You develop Robert Williams. You get yourself a a good mid-level. That's that's basically your full mid-level exception guy plus a little bit. Right. That's a guy that you could, if you're because Cantor's only around for a couple years. He's not in the long-term plans. Tice's couple years. He's not in the long-term plans. Yabu's just filler. Like, if you can get yourself a guy that you think can be in the long-term plans, I just see more value in that than keeping the guy around that may have a unique skill set that gets you 10 minutes a game somewhere. I would rather take the chance at you bring him into camp, you cut him, you send him to, to Maine, and you take the chance that no one's, no one's going to really poach him. And if they do, who's it going to be? Phoenix? If somebody poaches him, and, and the other thing, if somebody poaches him, they're, you know, you, you might be a little sad, but like, again, they're getting, like, the best case scenario is that they're getting a 10 to 15 minute a game. Right. Man. So, like, I definitely see your point, and like, you're probably right. I just think, like, if, if it was purely basketball, if they thought that, like, this was a championship potential year, which it almost probably isn't, mm-hmm. um, then I, I could see, like, the case for a guy like him over a guy like Yabu. But your point is is right and especially a team that feels a little bit unfinished still um that doesn't quite feel like you know they're, they're gonna be they're gonna be good but like it doesn't feel like they're you know probably contenders in the east yet yeah um a team like that where there's probably another trade coming at some point absolutely it makes more sense to keep somebody like yabu around with that three million dollar contract yeah and that's and that's the thing like i, I just don't know that he, he he's done i think he's done like it, it, look and I don't want to. I don't want to put too much emphasis, but I've always believed summer league success doesn't mean much, but summer league failure means a lot. Because if you're a decent player, you're going to have a ton of success in summer league. And so guys who come out in summer league and and can drop thirty points in a game, you know, a guy like Carson Edwards dropped twenty points in a game and then had what another fourteen against Cleveland. So I mean he he can obviously he can score, but I need to see that now like at the next level. Because again, defenses are bad. There there's no continuity, rotations are off, you know, whatever. So let's let's see. It's nice that he succeeded, but there's no guarantee. He that did what he, he did what he was supposed to do. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Thank you. But if you come out in summer league and suck or mostly suck. Like, you're not supposed to suck in Summer League unless you suck. And frankly, Yabu has sucked for the most part in Summer League. We've seen him do a couple of useful things. I think he's better than what he's showing. Agreed. But also, he's it's not good that he's like this. And I think the experiment, the Yabu experiment, at least in Boston, is over. Probably best for him to go back to Europe, go play, go go back home, play in France, make a, a good amount of money, probably build your stock back up, and then come back in two three years and, and try again. And there's there's stuff there. Like it's not like he's a nothing. Like even even on games like the last two, like if I, you know if you go back and rewatch them, which if you are you're a sicko. Um, but <laughs> if you go back and rewatch, especially that first game, you'll see a lot of like 
solid screens. You'll see some like you'll see a couple of hockey assists. Like you'll see sure. he, he like some nice passes, that kind of thing. All nice things, all stuff that would get you that you should be a professional basketball player, especially overseas. But like like you said, the fact that he's not, you know, like dominating in his third year at summer league, you know, he was a first round pick. Like right. it there, there's something missing there. And maybe it's something that he can go to Europe and get. Maybe he goes to Europe, he gets more consistent minutes, he gets in better shape. Maybe yes. maybe yes. that all helps. Maybe that makes him a more versatile defender because again, there's footwork there. There's quickness for his size that he actually has. Absolutely. The, and, I, I agree. And so I think to your point, like it makes a lot of sense for him to go overseas. His time in the NBA, if it's if it's in the future, it's it's not now. Like it's and it's not with this Celtics team. Even on like it just doesn't it just doesn't make any sense because again like I said before like Grant Williams can do all of the things that he can do better right now he's absolutely a better player in this moment yeah. than than Yabu um, how old is Yabu that's a good question I actually don't know the answer uh, to that. let me see here he is uh, 23 oh, same age as Max Truce. right so he'll turn he'll turn 24 in December so he's young he's still had, he's still years away from his actual prime. Which means this is a great time for him to just go back home, feel more comfortable. Uh, you brought up Max. We just re-signed uh, Tice, Wanamaker, all of these guys, EuroLeague guys. That ha- Go back there, find your groove again, find your confidence again, hit a few shots, do your arrow dab, all that stuff, and then... Someone else will be there. Like, as much as we sit here and I've said that Yabu sucks, obviously I'm exaggerating a bit, he is a very good basketball player. Like, very good basketball players suck in the NBA. Like, that's the reality. He'll go make millions of dollars to play basketball. Not like tens of thousands at the smaller level. Like, he'll go and make millions of dollars playing basketball somewhere else. And he may make some more millions of dollars in the NBA down the road. I think he's now at a point, though, where his time in Boston is going to be over by the end of this year at the latest. At some point this year, at the earliest, and maybe possibly before he even turns actually 24. One thing to keep in mind, Poire, um, the friend uh, the guy they just signed yeah he played in summer league a couple of years ago and was brutal like yeah. he was bad went overseas dominated overseas yep. played really really well all of a sudden teams are very interested in him now he's back in the league he's i think he's got a two-year guaranteed deal i believe like yep. that happens like sometimes you're bad in the united states you go back overseas you get some more training under your belt you're back in the nba like yep. that absolutely could happen with yabu but you know it, it's also important to remember that the Celtics wanted to stash Yabu for another year, and right. he came over. Right. Like, and, and part of why he was a first-round pick was because back uh, a couple years ago, three years ago when they made that pick uh, in the 2016 draft, they needed to stash people because they, they just the didn't have... So, right. So they, they might not have drafted him. There was a reach a little bit, but you'd rather reach for the guy that might be good later, but whatever... They wanted to stash him for another year, and he came anyway. And the Celtics really didn't have any choice in that matter. So 
that may have been a little bit of a mistake for Yabu, but also maybe not because he made these millions of dollars that would have been, I don't know, whatever. So anyway, that's enough Yabu talk. We talked so much about Yabu. Uh, Why don't we take a break? We'll take a break and we'll come back and we'll wrap up this episode of the Locked On Celtics podcast. I want to go back and talk about Grant Williams because, well, because I wrote about him. I don't want to promote my story on MassLive.com, but also because I thought it was hilarious. So I just happened to be sitting in the right at the right angle to see that play that you brought up in the first segment, where he switches onto a um, onto a bigger player. And uh, let's see, who was it? That While you're looking that up, I'll bring up the fact that Grant Williams is not tall, like six foot seven. Is he, and like is he? Ish. Like <laughs> when I'm when I'm like talking to him, it's I'm not eye level with him, but he's a couple inches taller from, than me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You think so? He's he's a couple inches taller than me. Yeah, and and we're I'm six three. You're about six six five five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So okay, so he picked up uh, Bolden. That's what. Yep. So, Bolin 6'11". It was in transition. It was a cross match. And uh, he was Onuaku's guy. So, Onuaku, like, the play settles down. And he does what he's supposed to do. Let's switch back. But as he's trying to switch back, the Cavs are like, no, no, no. Let's post. This is a mismatch. Post up. Right. Goofy, gregarious, Grant Williams is like, Whoa. No, 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 no. I saw the look in his eyes <laughs> when he turned to Onowaku and he's like, I got this. He Like, it was a snarl. It was like a thing. Like, I feel like legitimately slighted, pissed off that you dare <laughs> attack me in what you think is a mismatch. Um, and and he said after, like, he he said it. Uh, he's like, I was like, what? All right, man, get out of the way. And he, to his credit, like, it's one thing to have that attitude. Like, nah, I got this. And then you get toasted anyway, like irrational confidence. But he, I'm watching the play right now as we're talking. He bodies, he slides, good defensive position, gets his hands up, forces the pass out, and then switches onto the guard. Uh, That's a, and then and then he was vertical on the, the, on, the, on, the on the guard's shot and they, so, yeah. and he forced a twenty four second violation. Yep. Uh, he was when when and we only talked about it briefly, but like he was very happy to know that. Oh yeah, he turned the ball over. Like <laughs> they, they didn't even get a shot off against me, which man, I'm gushing about this kid right now because he's he's exactly the type of player that Boston fans will like. You know, yeah, not a megastar, but he's going to go out there and he's going to work. He's going to make plays like this. He's just going to be a good player. Like you're gushing about him. I've been gushing about him since like bef- like well before the Celtics drafted him. Yeah. Like he's good. He's you a really been. good player. Like 
Sam Vecini of The Athletic wrote a really good story about Grant where he interviewed uh, like people over at P3, and Grant was stronger than 96% by their measurements. 96% of NBA players, not rookies, 96% <laughs> of the NBA. So, like this guy, like this is a, like this is a guy who's going to be able to defend bigs. Then maybe not all the time, maybe not Joel Embiid, but I think you know somebody like Embiid, like it's not going to be fun to try to score like on on a switch because this because Grant is so strong, like. And, and and just you know all of the little things that he's shown so far in summer league, like he he had a play in the first game that you know I, I think he got the rebound and then he ran it up in transition and threw like a like a full like half court thread the needle pass yes. to Onwaku who fumbled, fumbled it a little it. bit. Yes, I remember that play. Yeah, it was like it was just a really nice bounce pass, yeah. like just two handed right, overhand bounce pass, right on the money and. You know, he that first game, obviously, he hit a corner three and an above the break three. Like he, you know, he has <laughs> he has performed really, really well. He's doing all of the things that he's supposed to do, but also, you know, he, he, he's kind of showing little flashes of the things that everybody kind of hoped to see. Yeah. Um, you know, again, you hesitate to gush too much about summer league, but the right. thing is that again. All of the things that everybody who watched a lot of college basketball and said Grant Williams would be able to do at the NBA level, he is doing currently at summer league, and it looks like it's going to project to to the regular season. Right. Like I, I talked to a couple of uh, assistant coaches uh, yesterday and about his three point shot, and they were just like, "Yeah, like he's going to be like." There's a couple of adjustments that need to happen. He needs to get a little more lift under it, but as soon as he does, he's going to be he's going to be ready for the regular season. He's yeah. going to be he's going to be a, a floor spacing big when he took less than two threes a game may, might be less than one three a game in Tennessee. Like mm. he's good. <laughs> I, he's a really good player. Yeah. I, I'll tell you the one thing that I think makes him a good player is his self-awareness. Yeah. That, right. That, 100%. I think that's smart, the thing. smart guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's the thing that makes all of this stuff like makes me comfortable feeling this way because he has no, he harbors no expectations of being more than what he really is. Like and that that's an important thing to have when when you're a guy like Grant Williams because he he's not going to win foot races. He's not going to out jump people. He's not he, but when you make your your plays uh when you make the right play at the right time and when you're sliding and your proper angles like i don't know that fans understand the the nuance enough where an angle makes you faster and if you understand the angles like al horford al horford you know who was great at angles and made him a hall of famer Dennis Rodman was great at understanding angles because that made him a great defender and made him an elite rebounder because he understood where the ball was coming. And he wasn't bigger, faster, stronger than anybody, but he saw the shots coming from here. I got to be here. This is where the ball is going. When you can understand how to take certain angles, you get to a place faster than the guy who's faster than you. So Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart. It's a great example. Yep. Those types of things, when you are aware of who you are, 
And when you are aware of what you need to do, you learn those little things to make whatever you have to maximize whatever you have. And and whatever that ends up being for, for Williams, I feel comfortable saying, like, I can see this guy having, like, a long NBA career. Whether it's as a 10-minute-a-game guy or a 30-minute-a-game guy, I don't know. But I would not be shocked at looking and sitting there and talking to him 13 years from now, reporting on his retirement from the NBA yeah, and saying, hey, remember once upon a time when you were a rookie and blah, blah, blah. And like that, I think that's a, a fair projection just because of the entire package that he is. Yeah, I think our, our pal Jay uh, talked to him about P.J. Yes. Tucker, um, which is a pretty intriguing comparison. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah, like, and you know, like, Again, somebody like Grant, it's really funny that he went 22 because, I mean, around the league, like a lot of the really smart draft guys, you know, Coles Wicker, I think, had him as like, he might have had him like top five. He definitely had him top 10 in this Mm -hmm. year's draft class. Like, there were a lot of really smart draft guys who were like just screaming, Grant is good. Like, Grant is really good. Somebody's going to get a steal out of him. Like, kid's still 20 and he was a junior coming out of college. Like, SEC player of the year. Just a... Just a really, really good, solid college player who did all the right things, and you know, and I mean, he's not, you know, he's still a, a rookie. Like, there's still things. His closeouts to the three point line, like that, he, those goes, were bad. Tonight. He goes flying. Those were bad. Yeah, like he needs to get a little choppier feet. He needs to like, you know, be be smarter about the way that he defends that. Like, you know, there's there's little things to clean up here and there that are going to make him a solid player, and that's actually part of the reason why I think we're looking at like a 30, 35 minute a game guy because. I think that he's going to clean those things up because of the self-awareness that you mentioned. He's he's smart. He knows what he needs to fix. He knows what he needs to work on. So to me, like a guy who already looks like a solid role player, you know, maybe a 10 to 15 minute a game guy in his rookie season, if, if he's that already and there's a few things that he can clean up and he's going to clean them up, seems like he's going to be pretty solid going forward. I agree. Yeah. Um, all right. We'll leave it at that because I feel like there's going to be a whole lot of Grant Williams love going on. And, and you know what? Frankly, I'll cop to it. The dude's a good interview. <laughs> the dude's a good interview. I, I mean, listen, he's a, he's a good interview, but like, I'm trying, I'm trying to think of an example. Like, like, Mook was a good interview. You know, sure. it's not like it's not like you would spend an entire podcast just gushing about. Mook, like he was a good player, yeah. had a really good season. He's gonna make good money at uh, in San Antonio. Very happy for him, but you know, that's yeah. fair. To, to, but yes, no, that's fair. The guy's a really good interview. He's a really good interview. <laughs> you know, I asked him. I have like three questions. I almost didn't have time to talk to him because they had <laughs> to whisk him off for an autograph signing. That they everybody there, there's always an autograph signing at summer league. Thankfully, the um, shout out to Jeff Twist for like, okay, hop in, hop in. Um, that, but I asked him about that play, and he's just like, he just lit up, man. And then he added the play uh, afterwards when he spun and got the dunk. Uh, geez, I forget who it was that was guarding him, but he was like, that was just disrespectful. <laughs> I mean, he was just like, it, it's a funny. What what I I like about him is the 
he calls himself a goofball. He uses the word goofy in every interview. He really does. But he, he, you see these little flashes of the type of competitiveness that you need to be good in the NBA or good at anything like that. When he sat there, he was like, that was disrespectful. I was like, oh, that's like, that's not goofy gregarious, right. Grant. That's like, I'm a fuck you up, Grant. You know, that's, I like seeing those little flashes in the kid. So it's good. I I hope that he can learn enough and improve enough that he sticks around and, and doesn't have to go to Maine. But like you said, he's already better than Yabu. He's going to stick around. So, but anyway, don't want to make these absolutes. That's it. We're going to wrap it up. We're going to stop talking. Let's go lose some money. Let's go lose some money. Why is that always appealing? <laughs> <laughs> when you say it, let's go lose some money, that does not appeal to me. Right. But I'm going to sit at a blackjack table tonight and lose some money. Mm-hmm. I know what's going to happen. I'm going to throw some some sevens. Yeah. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I sat at that blackjack table, that $10 blackjack table. Man, I thought I was going to own that shit. And it, you, uh, I, I was with you. You walked up to it real confident. I felt good. Yeah. And that kicked my ass. It it was like Mike Tyson in his prime, just pounding people, just pummeling you. Just every chance, every chance it got. I had a fourteen. It, I got dealt an eight. <laughs> I had a, a twelve. I got dealt a ten. It just everything that I could. Oh, it was bad. Me and uh, Brian Robb of Boston Sports Journal. We were at uh, we were at a craps table. Just literally for about three minutes just getting <laughs> hammered um not in terms of alcohol in terms of just losing money and uh that was when the Kawhi news broke which, oh, yeah <laughs> which uh i was <laughs> that i was, was the best i was really grateful that it broke and uh took a to, we had to leave the table they were literally yelling at us for being on our phones but we were just like <laughs> paul george so i was actually i was in my hotel room i was supposed to meet you guys out yeah i was like oh shit Someone put it in Slack because I didn't see it right away. Like, oh, okay, Kawhi. Oh, Clippers. Oh, that's really interesting. What do you mean, Paul George? (laughs) Um, Okay. And then it's like, hey, John, uh, meet us out. Uh, Hey, John, we're coming back. Yeah. (laughs) Like like 15 minutes later, we're we're done. We're coming back. Forget it. Don't meet us anywhere. We're we're both $60 down in like a minute and a half. We're out of here. (laughs) We're going to go right about Kawhi. Oh, my God. Uh, Yeah, that's Las Vegas for you. So we're going to go do that after I edit and post this podcast. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Go ahead and subscribe. All of you new listeners, I hope you've made it to this point and you hear this and and do decide to, to subscribe. We are wherever you found us. Uh, and if you have a place that you like to listen to podcasts, we're there, too. So go ahead and do that. And uh, if you are a subscriber... A good written review really helps us out. And a five-star rating also, that helps us out a lot. Share the podcast. Tell everybody, listen to the Lockdown Celtics podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Yeah, Corrales, Packard, and J. King. Lockdown Celtics.
Hi guys, this is Josh Lloyd, host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. The NBA is back, so that means that fantasy basketball is back in one form or another. We've got daily fantasy, but there's also some fantasy leagues with the resumption of play with these eight regular season games in Orlando, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to have you covered. It's not just for fantasy basketball, though, because we recap all of the games across the NBA, so if you're looking for a broad overview of the action across the league every day, Locked On Fantasy Basketball is the podcast for you.